This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Here we go with another challenge to the issues around supply chain. Work is being done to try and deal with the shortage of baby formula here in the U.S. One shipment has already come in and another one expected by the middle of the week from Europe. Cynthia Viraragavan is a professor of operations, information and decisions with the Wharton School. And he joins us to talk about how this baby formula shortage also has an impact in the world of supply chain. Cynthia, as always, great to have you with us for a few moments. Thanks, uh, Dan. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you. So let's link the two of them here, uh, because obviously we have the supply chain, we have the shortage to begin with. Uh, you have production issues in some cases. You have delivery issues as well. So this is kind of uh, showing, I think, kind of a a broad scope of of the troubles we've seen over the last two years in and around supply chain. That's right. Uh, we. Um, baby formula shortage is, of course, uh, a, a really close one, and a, a lot of young parents are having trouble. But uh, this is um, this is a snapshot of what has been happening um, in a in a globalized shop, supply chain under the pandemic, and uh, we're still seeing the effects of it. Yeah. So, when you hear about this specific case with the shortage of baby formula. What areas of supply chain do you focus on, on most specifically? Yeah, a <clears throat> couple of things have happened uh, that went wrong at the same time for the for the baby formula shortage. Uh, since a ve- is, since it's a very important um, uh, food item, um, safety is paramount. So uh, the entire market for uh, baby formula is uh, owned by three companies, four. Um, but three companies have about 80% of the market. So if you look at it, um, one of the factories got shut down in Michigan um, due to a couple of, um, a couple of, actually a couple of infants dying. So the factory has been shut down for two, two and a half months, and they have not gotten the approval to open it up from FDA, and therefore supply is shrunk. And uh, for many historical reasons, the United States only uh, manufactures baby food and final uh, in the United States. Um, as you were starting off the show, you mentioned uh, um, the the administration just opened up the Defense Production Act so that we can get uh, we can get products from Europe. Um, but because um, thirty percent of the supply vanished, and um, babies are continuing to bond, basically about the same rate as uh, we saw for the last 10 years. Um, the demand is far higher than supply, and uh, we don't have recourse actions um, that could solve the problem right away. What about the delivery of product when it gets here to the U.S. or, or from facilities that are, that are already here in the United States? We talked with you in the past about the, you know, the shortage of truck drivers uh, that we saw yeah, here in the yeah. U.S. For, for quite a while. That's right. I mean, many things happening at the same time, but I think those are second-order effects here. We we do have um, we do have. Uh, I think um, I think one of the nice things, uh, perhaps, uh, and complicating factors in this situation as well is most of the baby formula is bought by Department of Agriculture. Like about fifty percent of it is bought by one buyer, and um, and um, 
uh, under the WIC program, Women, Infant, Children program, and um, and therefore they have they have a network of supply already existing. So my my guess is 50% of the products will get down to the hospitals uh, pretty reasonably soon. Um, the retail supply chain, on the other hand, is going to see a little bit of uh, uh, bullwhip because I, um, I I would presume uh, that some of the retailers have more of a supply than some other uh, retailers. So it depends on uh, how big the retailer is, how big their market spread, uh, spread is. Uh, before you will see the products come to the shelf. So there's going to be some delay. But I think the biggest part of the delay has been uh, manufacturing and not having capacity in the United States and not importing. And hopefully this begins to resolve some of that problem. So the capacity issue, touch on that a little bit and 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 what these companies are looking at right now. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at baby formula, since it's one buyer, I was telling you, and and since uh, it's a competition uh, for the market, uh, it's a very lean supply chain. So the margins are very low, and um, because he's selling at the Department of Agriculture most of the time, and um, and safety regulations are pretty high. Uh, because of this, the product has actually very very um, uh, low enough not very, very low, but lower profit margin compared to a lot of products that, uh, for example, Arbat would make. And now, once the capacity went down, which meant uh, there was, um, there was a, uh, I, I believe a couple of uh, children got sick and a couple of uh, infants died because there was a bacterial infection in the manufacturing process that occurred. And they haven't tracked back, so they shut down the whole factory. So now think of there is only three factories. Uh, there are more than three, but imagine there are only three factories in the United States, and one shuts down, and now you're back to making about 60% of what you would make in a month. And um, baby uh, formula is storable. It's a durable product. If you're a retailer who bought it, you would basically stockpile and keep it. And therefore, if you're a smaller retailer um, or a corner store, you're not going to have it because you're not buying it in that volume. Because these businesses essentially were being run as a large volume, low profit margin businesses because they have the market. So many of mm-hmm. these companies have monopolies in particular states in Pennsylvania. And family is sold. It's only made by two companies. And, and uh, because of these kind of reasons, essentially the supply is smooth and they have not planned for um, breakdowns like this. And uh, once there is a breakdown, usually I argue for getting a third party or a dual supply or importing it and things like that, and the regulations have stopped them. So we are at a problem where 30% of the capacity is gone, and we want to solve it now, not two months from now, because there's already yeah. a shortage. And um, and the factory isn't yet open. So we are trying to ramp up as quickly as possible. When we, when I say we, um, the United States manufacturing capacity. And that requires right. and, administrative and, efforts. Yeah. And then the other component is, yeah. as you mentioned, with the facility uh, you know, that produces so much being shut down, uh, you have to wait for the FDA to uh, do its investigation and give its approval to reopen that facility again, and that's not something that occurs in an over, in an overnight method. That 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 does take some time to begin with. 
Absolutely. There has been very uh, number of valid criticisms against uh, the FDA itself um, for being slow at reopening it or, um, or, um, or departmental complexities and bureaucracies that have kind of uh, stopped them from taking quicker action on this. Um, yeah, but the truth is um, all the uh, FDA has had a lot of uh, many, many, many supply chain problems, many, many health problems uh, come through their way. Um, and uh, and uh, these problems just happened because if, if at all we were allowed to be, we, it was not a protected supply chain. We were allowed to import uh, baby formula. We wouldn't be at this problem, even if FDA was slow at reopening the factory. So partly we got stuck. Usually I argue for supply chains being uh, deglobalized, having local capacity and all that, but the local capacity uh, has to go along with a third party or a dual supply. And that has not been the case for uh, United States uh, baby formula supply chain for the last 10 years. So. So, so in terms of the amounts that are being shipped in by companies like Nestle, uh, from overseas, as you we mentioned about the uh, kind of the yeah. opening of the door of uh, in that area around uh, that by the government, uh, it, yeah. it's it's gonna it's gonna help, but it's certainly not going to fix the entire shortage at this point. No, no, I think uh, that is that is correct, Dan. And uh, Nestle is only like ten percent of the market, and uh, even Nestle manufactures most of the most of the baby formula that they sell in the market right here. In the United States, and so uh, Nestle can bring it in, but uh, because baby formula is provided through a Department of Agriculture to the hospitals in poor, impoverished areas, uh, we don't have the setup yet uh, to bring in large flood of supply by a private company into the markets where they give to give to hospitals, and so that right. um, so the shortage is uh, is going to last for a bit, unfortunately, and this is. Uh, this is also crypto over all the income segments, and you can see uh, lots of Facebook posts by moms circles trying to share the products, locate where they are, and it's 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 actually been difficult to see, to be honest. Yeah, with the with the way that this process is put into place, uh, it's not like you can have one or two elements along the way improve, and, and all of a sudden. You know, you've kind of uh, you you've kind of built the magic potion here, and and all these problems are uh, are are going to be taken care of. It really starts right at the factories and the production, and until that can That's alleviate right. itself, you're, there's no way to be able to fix the rest of this. Correct? Uh, that's right. Not a not a, as you said, no no magic potion that solves that overnight. Um, even if the factory opens up, I would imagine. Uh, given the full-scale employment that we are seeing in the United States, um, they probably have to scale up significantly, pay a lot more for the employees uh, to come back or whatnot. And um, and it's going to be a significant effort and uh, coordination that's required to bring this solve this problem, let's say, within the next month or so. Um, so by capacity, I would argue a ton of, uh, ton of imports need to happen um, FDA needs to um, approve uh, the factory uh, reopening and uh, refunctioning at the scale it was as, uh, as soon as possible. The factory needs to hire uh, in Michigan and need to ramp up as soon as possible. 
we need to also as a as a measure locate how uh, where the products are in the supply chain and one of the things that's been frustrating is the visibility is low even though uh, it's basically one large buyer so we do not know where these products are in the distribution chain and yeah. if there is an effort made into redistributing them that would uh, that would also be useful uh, all of these efforts are going to co- be costly um they're going to require coordination but i think the benefits are far far better uh than the costs right here if you try to do this Cynthia great to talk to you as always thank you sir thank you so much dan thanks for having me thank you Cynthia Viragavan who is a professor of Operations, Information, and Decisions with the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.